0: Head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show.
1: Hey guys, this is
0: Angel Garza, Superstar from WWE and you are listening to the Boston Wide Open podcast. To the most fresh news of the wrestling. So keep
1: listening and just remember one thing: El Latino está en la casa, baby. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Blasted Wide Open Podcast, but if this happens to be your first time listening to the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 219. My name is Nick Howell. And finally,
0: I had a quarantine shower, so now putting the essence... In essential business, I am Sir Ian Dangerous (laughs) and welcome to the Busted Wide Open Podcast where we discuss everything that happened this week in the wrestling business, the graps, the haps with the graps. That's right. And today we're talking about Monday Night Raw and everything that went down on that show, which is still going on and still live because that's how things work. We'll talk about that as well. That's what Vince wants. Vince going to get. Yep. Uh, for them, unless it's the XFL, which he he can't have apparently, oh, just not supposed to, not burn. not meant, <laughs> not meant to be. He burned himself. I did nothing. Word. But yes, we have a lot to talk about today, Nick. Let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Let everyone know how they can interact with the show, and then we will get on into it.
1: Yes, guys. Come over and join us on Facebook. It is the hub of our operation. You can find all kinds of good stuff there. Just search for Busted Wide Open over on Facebook. Like our page. Send us a join request to get into the discussion group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. Find good uh, memes, links to news articles that are trustworthy for the most part, and also you'll find links to our Discord server, which all of those, if you're watching here on YouTube, are also down in the description below. But you want to be in our Discord server because the live chats have become so good over the past four, four to six months throughout all of our pay-per-views. It's, it's one of my favorite things of our whole group now, of our whole show, is that Discord that's going on. So if you're not in there, make sure you get into our Discord. Link in the description below or pin to our social media profiles. And we are on for every single show that happens throughout the week, uh, as well as dedicated chat channels for pay-per-views, etc., things of that nature. You can also follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast. streaming live right here at YouTube at YouTube.com. Slash Busted Wide Open every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, and every mm. Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. And immediately after that, we also do our Patron Mailbag series where our listeners, specifically our patrons, our phenomenal ones, get to send in questions to us uh, and we answer them live right here on the air. So make sure you're subscribed at youtube.com slash busted wide open and jingle that bell so you get notified anytime we put up new content. But speaking of the phenomenal ones, shout out to mm. all of our patrons at patreon.com slash BWO. Mm. If you would like to get in on some of the exclusives that happen over there, uh, for just five bucks a month, you get a show note. All of our notes that we use to record our shows every single week, you also get a copy of that to read along with if you'd like to. And you get the ability to not only participate in our quarterly patron pick'ems at the big four pay-per-views um, for cash and prizes, stuff and things, not cash, we don't give away cash. I need to rephrase that. Stuff and things, stuff and things. Swag and prizes and stuff and things. Just not no cash. There's no cash wait, involved.
0: Wait, wait, wait. It's like
1: what? I want to make sure it, it's clear. We're not giving away money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, yet, not, not yet.
1: Not yet. Uh, those, not yet. When those when we get up to like ten thousand patrons, maybe yeah. we can find a way to do that. But <laughs> right now, we're giving away things like a Nia Jack shrine and or we're putting stuff up in our own st- you know Nia Jack shrine and some dubstep music every now and then. Plus, ten dollars tier, you get some bonus episodes. Uh, all kinds of good stuff. Skype calls up at the bigger <laughs> tiers. Uh, you know, it's. I'm a little wound up today, guys.
0: You just confused all the new ones, man. Right. Everyone who's just tuning in is like, "What the hell are you talking yeah, about, we, right we, now?" We, we Bottom don't line is money. good
1: stuff. Good good stuff
0: happens when you're a patron. Yes all around it's just it's a cycle of goodness is what we're trying to say
1: if this show isn't enough for busted wide open for you let's bust you a little more wide open at the five dollars here over on patreon hello hashtag phrasing oh but that is uh that's where you can find all of our stuff again links down in the description pinned across our social media profiles but what is not pinned across our social media profiles is the big news
0: Well, it's official, Nick. We wondered for a little while how WWE was going to pull off continuing to tape their shows and indeed go so far as of last Friday to do it live, which Vince decided in the middle. Of, they, they said they were going to tape stuff all this weekend and they were going to be taping till today and get about five weeks worth of material. Then they scrapped that in the middle of Friday and Vince decreed they'd be continuing to go live. We're doing but it we live. Damn it, out, We're doing it live. And we found out how they planned on doing that because Governor DeSantis of Florida has deemed WWE an essential business, quote-unquote essential business. The only things that are allowed to run right now during this crisis in Florida are essential businesses. Everything else is shut down. Everyone's on stay-at-home policy. Uh, So how are they doing this? Well, what they did was release a memo uh, the uh, the division of emergency management for Florida uh, released an executive order that said that not only uh, do uh, they, they expanded what essential businesses were they included uh, employees at services and programs addressing mental health substance abuse domestic violence other counseling um, basically any of any any kind of Services that were health-related, but not necessarily directly hospital, like physically-related, mentally-related, mentally essentially. Uh, they also said that it can include people who work at theme parks and zoos who, while they're not open to the public, they still have to maintain stuff. So people have got to keep the roller coasters oiled or the lions fed. They're also essential. But the third part of that was employees. This is a quote. Employees at a professional sports and media production with a national audience including any athletes, entertainers, production team, executive team, media team, and any others necessary to facilitate, including services, supporting such production, including services, you know what I mean, only if the location is closed to the general public. Basically, so if NASCAR wants to run, they can. No crowd, but you can run NASCAR. NBA in Florida could run. They could do a scrimmage game. No crowd. They could do it. Um... Obviously, this includes wrestling. Cuban's been pushing
1: the- for that, too, to be fair. It's not just a Florida thing. Sure. This is happening around the country.
0: Right. And uh, all of a sudden, Dana White's looking at Florida going, maybe I don't need a, a Mortal Kombat Island after all. But uh, but what this means is it's not just WWE. It's all sports. As long as they follow certain guidelines, um, Essential, quote-unquote essential employees only. Um, still keep social distancing as much as, as reasonably possible. And you can't have an audience. It's, it's just staff only. And it's then taped and shown outside of Florida, uh, when challenged as to why this was the case, how this would help Florida, the governor said that it was because it was in Florida's economic best interest. He did not respond to questions about how having a production run with a minimal staff with no audience is actually really helping Florida's economy, right? But that's neither here nor there. Uh, there was some, some apparently some disconnect between the local authorities and the state authorities. Uh, the Orange County Sheriff's Department tried to shut down WWE on multiple times before this order came down, and actually had been called to the to WWE after uh, saying that there are people that were uh, that were operating this this taping. And uh, they got there and they're like, well, according to the executive order, now we can't do anything. Before they, t- they advised them to cease and desist, this time they were not able to do anything. So, Nick, uh, what do you think about WWE remaining open? By the way, it's not just WWE. That means that AEW theoretically could leave Georgia and come back down and record at Daly's Place. It yeah. means that other wrestling companies theoretically could, although Court Bauer has said he will not be running MLW in Florida because he cares too much about the safe, health and safety of his his uh, wrestlers, his employees, his staff, and their families. Good for them. Um, what do you think about WWE essentially gaming the system here?
1: Um, listen, as a business, I understand. As a business, I get it. And as long as I don't hear that the executive staff of WWE is strong-arming and or forcing staff and performers to show up and work. I'm kind of okay with this. Except
0: that, you know, Nick, as well as I do the structure of WWE, they're independent contractors. I do. If you don't work now. They can cancel you later. Like there, there is a certain amount. And that's the I would point imagine. I was going to get to,
1: which is yeah. if they are given a voluntary, I'm willing to work or I want the money. I'm not worried. I sign my own waiver. I'm an independent contractor. You can't tell me what to do, dad. Um, uh, Sure. If they're doing it on a voluntary basis and they're not being like Oscar's like been there every week, lot just yeah. out of her mind. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, uh, is it, it, this it's kind of volu- we saw Dana Brooke and we saw Carmela. We've seen Corey Graves all take time to self quarantine. Yeah, You know, so I, I'm listen. I, I don't want to be too hard on this. It's obvious Florida has a little bit of pull. It's obvious that getting the it's we I've heard a bit, the loudest mouth that I've heard so far is Mark Cuban when it comes to sports organizations, mm-hmm. um, really just lobbying to allow them the NBA to have games with no audience as well because if WWE's doing it, why can't they do it? Ten people, whatever those those arbitrary rules are, right? So and uh, there's some bad blood around. That guy, I can't remember his name, that played basketball, that like touched everybody's phones and then tested positive for coronavirus. Oh, course.
0: he was like touching all the microphones. Yeah, yeah. I so I mean, you taught you taught jazz, dick, right?
1: First of all, but I mean, second <laughs> of <laughs> all, it. I look at I. We make choices of whether or not to go to the grocery store, whether or not to go out and about and buy things that we deem ourselves essential. If yeah. these people, uh, you know, it's, it's America, right? You can do you can do what you want. You know, freedom. If they decide for themselves that they want to go and work, and they they are willing to risk that, then more power to them. That's kind of don't, how but you I don't feel, about feel
0: that it. there's some pre- But, but the, we don't feel that there's some sort of pressure there because you know as well as I do, WWE's petty. If they say I'm not going to work during this um, because I don't feel safe
1: in the climate that we're the, in right now with AEW, MLW on the rise, we've got Ring of Honor. I mean, it. it
0: but they can bench, he can bench him for he can he can hit you right in the wallet he can bench you for a year bench you for two years make you sit out your contract uh make you less desirable like there there are repercussions to that so it it is it is a tricky situation and i don't think he's increasing their pay for coming into work during this uh, there's some so places yeah. that are
1: getting like either double time or hazard pay some? or something like that right
0: Some places, not in not in Vince McMahon's WWE. And some
1: states have laws that if you deem an employee essential, you have to pay them at least time and a half or some kind of hazard pay to go along with that. There's some Some rules that I'm not not familiar with. (laughs) Exactly. So I do see this working out well for AEW as well to go, like you said, to go down to Daly's place and just, you know, do as much as they need to. Um, That also works out well for Vanguard One because it's an outdoor thing and you can operate a drone outdoors. Um, That that aside. I'm I'm not terribly mad at this. I like to see that there are actual conversations and things happening in the grander scheme of our entertainment universe around how we deal with this long-term. Do we start allowing some of these other organizations to come back online as well? I miss baseball. I really, really miss baseball.
0: baseball they could play a baseball game right now, just wouldn't be able to have a crowd in, in Florida, according to this order. And that's the thing. That's one of the things that they're hiding behind when people were screaming favoritism uh, on this is that it's not just WWE. Correct. WWE was just used in the press briefing as the example. The problem is is that by using w- – they also use NASCAR. The problem with using WWE as the example is there is a little bit of a reek of political corruption around this, and it's been called out by the media. It's been called out by David Starr. Sure. It's been called out by quite a few people because there's a lot of things about this that are – Mm, a little shady, a little, a little shady. Obviously, nothing can be proven, but let's put it this way: there is a presidential advisory board on reopening live sporting events. On this board are Adam Silver from the NBA, Rob Manfred, Roger Goodell, Gary Bettman. Uh, strangely enough, Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones—they're not even—they're just team owners, but yet they're billionaires. So I guess they get to be on this aboard. Uh, Dana White. And, uh, in the president's own words, the great Vince McMahon, and that's actually what he called him in a recent press conference. So any one
1: of those guys you just rattled off basically can pick up the phone and talk to the president at, on a whim.
0: Sure. And that's, and they're all doing it now on, on conference calls. Yeah. Uh, on how to get this open. So they basically looked at Florida and said, hey, we've got uh, a guy there, DeSantis, who didn't want to shut down to begin with. He's obviously on our side. In addition, there's something squirrely, which is that Vince McMahon's wife, Linda McMahon, who formerly was the head of the of the uh, of this administration's small business uh, administration, uh, she recently quit that to join a super PAC that's devoted to re-electing this president. And uh, that super PAC donated $18.5 million dollars for the re-election campaign of this president in the state of Florida on last Thursday, the same day that Governor DeSantis named WWE and other sports leagues as essential. So there's a lot of things that— So we're not saying,
1: we're just saying. (laughs) We're not saying,
0: we're just saying it's squirrely. The bottom line is this, Nick. As you said, it's about health and safety of the people involved. And not just the people involved, but the people that they come into contact with. That's the real concern here. And I don't want to get – this is not about – this is not political. This is just reporting what we know. Yeah. This is not about anything. This is, this is just about concern for these performers. And I think you and I said last week after we went off the air, like, dude, can you imagine if the second that one person becomes infected because they did these tapings, it's going to be a publicity – nightmare and they're gonna have to do some serious spin to catch up we already know that there was a wwe employee not a wrestler but an on-air talent we don't know who caleb Braxton, uh who apparently had it and was sent home uh, caught it um outside of the facility uh, having a dinner i guess and then uh had it has recovered uh and suppose it was not in contact with anybody so they should be in the clear but That was a near miss. I I would say that that was, you know, firing a shot over their bow. They're taking a huge chance with this and not just with the lives of their performers, but with the people that are in the orbits around those performers and then expanding outwards because that's just how this all works. So that is more what I'm concerned with here because at the end of the day, Nick, I think you and I will both agree in our hearts, we consider wrestling an essential business. If we want something spared from being shut down, yeah, we want to continue to see our wrestling. From a selfish standpoint, I want to keep I want to keep being entertained. There's an aspect of them saying like some of their propaganda about this. Some of their the talking points are we're providing an essential service by entertaining people and keeping people happy in these dark times. And there's merit to that because it it definitely works for a lot of people that Fair. I see posting in our Facebook discussion group on our show. Like they're like, thank God wrestling is still here because this is something that I feel passionate about and that I enjoy and it's helping me, you know, take my mind off of things. So in that sense, is it essential? It's not, it's not keeping you alive, but it's certainly helping a lot. Yeah.
1: I've watched more WWE Network in the last two weeks than I have any of the live programming.
0: Sure. And that's, I guess my point is, is them going live essential? I don't think that's essential, but them having new content, I think, obviously, for us selfishly, is it's really nice. Yeah. But I think this is. I think overall, this is an error in judgment on the WWE's part because it is taking a huge risk. Yeah, it is just a huge risk. And 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 I don't.
1: Listen, they could have taped some of this stuff and it had been okay. Like they, but again, they know what their game plan is if Vince doesn't ne- get in the way of yes,
0: it, right? But they didn't want to get in trouble with the networks. And that we, I, I should mention that part, too. Yeah. We mentioned that last week that the, they have a contract with the networks the States. They have to have X number of live shows and only can have so many taped shows. They didn't want to do too many taped shows because then it would put them in jeopardy with the networks. If the networks basically would have them over a, a, a fire because it's in their contract. Right. If they wanted to play hardball... They could, and WWE would want to be put in a position where the networks could play hardball with them. Even though crazy circumstances, maybe they could, you know, say, "Hey, how, how, you know, we had to tape," but the networks could still say, "Yeah, but you violated your contracts. F you." Yeah, you owe us the remainder win, yeah. of
1: your your you have a fiduciary commitment to your, fulfill sure. your contract terms.
0: It's still it's still lives over money, yeah. and it's that's that's at the end of the day what it came down to. And WWE went with. Let's take a bit of a chance on the lives because we're going to gamble that we're going to be okay because we don't want to jeopardize the money. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I don't know if we're in a position to judge whether or not that's the right thing to do. And you're running a multi billion dollar corporation. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know what I would do if I was in Vince's shoes. I really don't. Nick, real quick,
0: there's the right thing to do for a corporation, the right thing to do for human lives. And if we're the head of of a corporation, who knows where we'd be on that moral spectrum?
1: Of course. Of course. Absolutely. Um, speaking of moral spectrum, Josh Logan with $25 in the tip jar right off the bat. Dude, thank you. Kicking what? it off. Oh, my oh, goodness.
0: Dude, thank you.
1: Woo. Uh, also, J 4321 subscribe to the channel. That's a fun nickname. Welcome aboard the Busted thank Wide Open much, train, guys. which is going to pull into the Cheers. station that is known as Monday Night Raw.
0: Drew MacIntyre.
1: I'm not even gonna That's try. That's right. It. Zelina's knocked it out of the park, pretty good. But I, I can't. do Well,
0: Drew. Yo, yo. Drew. Drew. That's right. <laughs> did you know he's from Scotland? I, did, I had no idea. They made, either. they made the reference to it a few times on the show. <laughs> That's true. I don't know if he's from Glasgow, but uh where is he from? It's from Bannockburn. Ed, I do
1: Edinburgh, I think something like that. They said Edinburgh. No, uh, not Edinburgh. All
0: right. Enough of enough yeah. of us slaughtering Scott Scottish accents here. Um. Drew McIntyre comes out the top of the show to talk about how it's crazy that he won. It he's not how he envisioned his WrestleMania moment, uh, but there it was. He beat Brock Lesnar under five minutes, and then Big Show twenty minutes later, and he is now your reigning, defending, undisputed. Oh wait, that's the other guy's line. Drew's your champ now, whether you like it or not. And one guy who didn't like it came out to interrupt his speech, and that was Andrade Cien Almas. Maybe that's why Zelina's so good at uh, doing Drew. It's because she's got Andrade right there. Uh, Andrade decided to come out and point out to Drew that the last time Drew McIntyre held a
1: championship, Andrade took it from him. Now I'm not going to just I'm, take it. I'm not going to lie. I I kind of wanted this to be gender eventually because I want to see what that's like, but. When Andrade it's, came out, I immediately went back to NXT, that championship match where Drew yes. got hung up and tore his bicep, and they sort of hot-shotted it over to Andrade because they knew he was... Whatever. We don't really know the backstage, what hap- how that happened, but he tore his bicep. He was going to be out for six to nine months. <sighs> that instantly came back into my purview, and I'm like, oh my god, yes, please continue to tell this story. And they did. Yeah. Oh, my God, w- they did.
0: And it's so rare that they they reference back to stuff that happened in NXT. You know, they do every once in a while, they dip into it, but they tend to not. Like, oh, Oscar was undefeated in NXT. Shannon Baszler was an NXT, two-time NXT champion. They'll throw, like, tidbits at you, but they won't really reference it. Right. The fact that they went back to the fact that Andrade didn't just beat Drew, he put him on the shelf for six months, legit.
1: You took uh, six months of my life.
0: <laughs> That's hey, yeah. great way to create some stakes in this match that, d- that didn't really have any stakes in the line right off the bat. Like create some heat, and they spent the entire show building that up. Uh, Zelina now has a it, she. I, let's straight up to say she's got a faction. Yeah, she's got she's got her own crew of dudes. You've got Andrade, you've got Angel Garza, you've got Austin Theory, uh, and these dudes are. I th- that's a fantastic faction.
1: Uh, the chat, chat last night during faction. the show named it the Vega Familia.
0: The Vega Familia?
1: Yeah. The VWO, the Vega World Order? Oh, come on. Not, not everything <laughs> has to be an NWO spinoff like our show.
0: Why not? It's too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Tan dulce. Um, okay, so, but this is, I love the fact that they, they spun right into that story. It immediately created some heat between the two guys um Drew in an interview halfway through pointing out the scar on his arm like this is where they did the surgery oh, this yeah. is where Andrade took 6 months from me I thought I would never come back it's like oh, okay Steer now we got some it. heat yes. now we got some heat and through the night we saw we'll talk about their matches later but you had uh, both Garza and Theory had matches and at the end uh there was a beatdown laid on their opponents and it was Andrade coming out and putting the opponent in the same move he put Drew in to finish that NXT match And um, double-arm DDTing him uh, with their feet on the top ropes in the turnbuckle. So they did a great job of building the heat for this match. The match itself just kind of happened. It was fine. I think they could have done a lot more with it. But apparently that wasn't the point of all this. The point was not to get Drew back into a feud with Andrade. It was merely to create a little bit of a smokescreen for what was actually coming. And that was after the match, Drew ends up redeeming himself, getting his win back on Andrade. And then Andrade chop blocks him. And while Drew is hobbled, Seth Rollins comes in and delivers not one, but two curb stomps to the champion. Mm. So we had Seth talking. Uh Uh-oh.
1: Yeah, not a fan.
0: Uh Uh-oh. We had Seth talking all night. About how his career has been crucified, and how uh, you know he is still your Monday Night
1: Messiah. He will be. He, he has risen.
0: He has like uh, let's
1: let's uh, let's ride the Easter train a little bit more than you know. Uh, this was so bad and poor taste in my opinion. And, I don't, and, and know maybe it was, it was the point to to be that heelish and steer into it and stuff like that. But it's, i didn't get the Easter stuff. Uh, I I, mean, I know a lot of people didn't, but it, that's what it was all about. It, Jesus was, you know, ki- you know, crucified by the Romans and put in a cave with a big stone, and somehow he resurrected and came back even better than he was before. Okay. That's uh, oh, we're, we're really riding. We're taking, we're breaking fourth wall, even on this Messiah complex now. So I didn't, I didn't you know. Uh, I, eh, I just didn't care. And the last thing I want to see is Seth Rollins near the top title again right now. I really don't well, want this him is, involved. This, in this is
0: where I was. This is where I was going to get with this is, is it too soon to have Seth and drew collide? Cause I speculated uh, a week or two ago that, that he was going to be the first guy because he's finishing a feud. Drew's finishing a feud. Seth's a great bad guy right now. Drew is in a place where he needs a diabolical heel to get cheered against. Theoretically cheered from your couch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Seth can play that part. Here's the problem, though. I kind of argue that Seth needs a win. And hes I don't see him beating Drew for this title right away. You know what I mean? No. It seems like a strange time to have Seth face Drew in Seth's career, even though there are kind of aligned and it, and it will probably work. It's a weird time for it. Do you think Seth should be not in a feud with Drew, but maybe like poking at him from the sidelines? Like th- the stomp is not the start of a feud, but it's the beginning of him mentally breaking down Drew and going off somewhere else and feuding with somebody else. But he's always like just kind of picking at Drew while Drew is Facing Andrade, he's, like he's, right here. He's or,
1: omnipresent, you could say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, where I his, wouldn't his be mad His purpose is just to undermine things, undercut things.
1: Yeah, if he wanted to go in and just, like, you know, force his will, so to speak, uh, yeah. but not really pursue a title. In a way, that's kind of what we had in mind when we talked about last summer with the, the unveiling of The Fiend, right? To keep him away from titles, but he's going to go around and like either kill legends or f- enforce his will on whatever he deems necessary, but he really yeah. doesn't care about titles. Well, that changed really quickly, as I think it will with Seth also, even if they do go that way. So I, I like the idea of the omnipresent messiah always coming in and telling people whether they w- want to hear it or not <laughs> what he thinks. Uh, there-, right. there is something to that, but I don't want him to be right back in the title picture. No. 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 Let's, let's let Andrade
0: let's like, have that chance. But Andrade is the U.S. title. Who's going for the U.S. title? That's my question. Kept I mean, watch. that's I. That's my theory as well. But uh, at the same time, I also think they are putting Seth back in the title picture. I just think it might be a little early to have him be fully committed to that, given that he just lost a huge feud and could use a win with this new persona. Sure. Of his. Just a thought. Uh so yeah, I'm not I'm not also not too worried about Andrade losing this. I feel like he's, you know, if they if that was if that was a little bit of a tweak tweaking him for injury and all the other things, like and Vince just being like, all right, know your place or whatever. I'm not even rating it. Drew needed that to get that blemish off of his record, redeem that. Fine. Speaking of which, uh Nick, I gotta admit, uh, in almost anybody else's hands, that clip of Drew talking about his journey getting to wrestlemania trying so long to get there and then it just wasn't what he expected but that he realized that (laughs) at all he's like i didn't get any fireworks i didn't get the huge crowd cheer didn't get a hundred thousand people watching but the what he the way he put it or the way he was scripted to put it was that it was something that was necessary yep like for for everyone to see him accomplish this, for him to accomplish this, for everyone who needed to see something positive happen. Um, and that means as much to him. And, you know, he basically I'm I'm reaching out through this television screen to everybody at home and saying, Your hand is touching mine, you know, that kind of thing. Like we are hitting this together.
1: I'm not gonna uh, lie. WWE has put me into a state of emotional basket case for <laughs> the last week. Uh, listen, Edge 24. <laughs> yeah. Ric Flair crying on Stone Cold's podcast. <laughs> and then this speech with Drew the next, the, the next night. I'm just yeah. just one more step. Just, uh, what's wrong with me? I don't understand anymore. Uh j- j- it's so good. Like, I thought that when I first saw it come on, I thought they were going to replay that thing of him in in the Highlands with 100 right. mile an hour wind Rocky, carrying kegs, stuff, right? Yeah. But no, it was a whole new thing. And just, I'm watching it and I'm going.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and, and that's what I was going to get at is like on, I, on the one hand, I want to be jaded and be like, ah, it's just more WWE propaganda. On the other hand, Drew is such a goddamn God. great talker. He's so good. That and the, and also it was genuinely well written to, you know, t- it, that I have to admit it was affecting, it was effective, um, and it was inspiring. Yep. So, props to everyone involved in making that. You God, you got me. Uh, Rick
1: Flair almost made Stone Cold cry. I'm just saying, I can cry. If Stone gonna, a day sh-
0: that, he had to go. It's not a day that yep. ends in Y if Rick Flair isn't crying. Exactly. Like, you know that as but well he well almost
1: got. He almost got Austin.
0: Austin's an old softy. You oh,
1: know uh, okay, okay. Uh, the last thing I want to say about the match itself, I think a lot of us expected that. With They had several segments throughout the show where Vega Familia was coming out to support each other, and they were really putting this over. I think a lot of us at this match, after it got booked at the very beginning of the show, thought that it would be sort of a smosh finish. There would be a DQ. There would be some kind of interruption. This would keep going on. No. it was a per- It was a clean match other than some outside stuff that went on. Andrade got pinned, one, two, three. Drew got his back, so yep. I loved this. I, I was very pleasantly surprised that they let them get a clean finish. So
0: yeah, he needed, he needed it. Yeah. it was, it was, it was the redemption. Yeah. By the time Drew came back, uh, he was gone. Right. <laughs> He's on the main roster. Right. So uh, we'll come back around to Andrade and Zelina and all of them. We'll talk about them later. But I wanted to talk right now about money in the bank. Woo. Nick, you may or may not know, it's our next pay per view. It's my favorite. Um, I think. Well. You say that every year, and every year you get mad.
1: <laughs> I, I kind <laughs> of say that about every pay per view in a in a fun way, but yeah, I love Money I, in the Bank, but mainly because we get ladder matches out of it. You know what I mean?
0: True, true, and it's and it's usually a good ladder match. It's yeah. just they usually pick the wrong guy to win right. for the last few years, but uh, but this year we had a few qualify. Or this year, this week we had a few qualifying matches. We had Oscar versus Ruby Riot in a match where they let them actually work. Ruby got Ruby like got some offense in on Oscar. That's the most I've seen Ruby work in a long time, probably because she was injured. But since she went in her matches, she got an actual match in.
1: Also, some nice little callbacks to their NXT feuds that they yes. used. To. Remember, it was her and Nikki Cross mostly circling Oscar mm-hmm. for that title during that time. Fantastic. Yeah. Abraham Castillo with thirty five fifty six in the tip oh What in the world? Thank Catching you, live today, wishing you all... Can't join live today, I think is what he meant. Uh, wishing you uh, guys all the best. You too, Abraham. Thank you. Thank you very much. Where, as you, you were, sir. I, Gabriel, I'm you. sorry. I was. I had to just burst out. No, without...
0: thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I'm glad you interrupted with that. That was... Uh, always- was uh,
1: yeah, Nikki Cross uh, and Ruby Riot Nikki were the Cross, two Ruby big Riot, figures Asuka. And, uh, uh, challenging Asuka during her undefeated reign in NXT. they were two of the women that could actually get in there
0: and just wrestle a match with her. And we saw here again, like, Ruby is, you and I have said this on the show forever, Ruby is massively underrated yep. as a wrestler. She's fantastic. So this was we actually got a match on them. They let them work. They obviously know that Ruby can go out there and work, and they let her, chef's kiss. Loved it, Asuka. However, of course, picked up the win because she's Asuka. And Ruby asked for the real Asuka. And Asuka ended up forearm shivering her in the face so hard that she lost both of her, her, her gauges out of her ears.
1: <laughs> that <laughs> so was, was stiff. Those, they were, they they were, were strong telling really each other in the middle of the ring. Yeah, dude. I was like, whoa, wait. This is, I, we haven't seen this very often in they're, WWE. They're
0: clocking each other. Yes.
1: Oh. Yes. I was like, um, wait, are we watching a female Suzuki Ishii match right now with these two just oh, it didn't, bumping into each other it, in the middle? It got nowhere near I, I, I that real apples and oranges. But, but I was just I I, I I realized how much I missed New Japan with that match. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. There were there were a couple of moments where Asuka displayed some Suzuki ish traits, like laughing in the face of pain kind of stuff, yeah. but still very far removed. It was a great match. Asuka won, of course she did. However, that was the only competitive match of these three. You had Shayna Baszler have a match with Sarah Logan. Poor, poor Sarah Logan, who came out. Shayna's in a bad mood yeah. ever since she, she lost to Becky at WrestleMania, which she shouldn't have done, but it's okay, because now we're getting angry, Shayna. So she came out and beat the absolute crap out of Sarah Logan. No wrestling. There was no wrestling. There was no technique. She came out and just beat her. like just mounted her up. And just started just pounding her,
1: grounded pound. Started just,
0: just grounded her. I was her, like, I, I remember
1: her. just saying in chat, going, "She's beating the shit out of her. Oh my god! <laughs> like, is this real?"
0: I mean, Oof. luck. No, she wasn't. Luckily, she wasn't going for any of the holes. She left their guard and actually like, clock her in their face, and she was hitting a lot on you know under here. So on the yeah, last so it was. I heard a lot so of meat
1: slapping though. There was a, a lot, lot of, of hits
0: the, going. <laughs> latissimus dorsi is an enormous muscle. You can hit someone on there, and it just got a nice big meaty sound. Okay. Right. So it was, it was a, it was, it was a well worked on her part. But then the ref pulled her off and said, you know, you're hitting her too much. And so she goes and sits in the corner for a second, looking pissed. And Sarah Logan like kind of starts groggily getting up, makes the mistake of, of bracing herself with her arm. And overcomes Shayna Basil to give the old uh, Dakota Kai arm break to her. Stomps on her elbow so that the arm just flops unpleasantly. Sarah Logan Ugh. screams and starts crying. It is a, it is a gross looking move, uh, and it didn't look as good as the Dakota Kai one. Is still the most disgusting thing I've ever seen oh, Shayna yeah. do.
1: Like her arm folds over forward. It's it just, just
0: it's an amazing piece of work. Yeah. Uh, this one was not that good, but it was still I think people who hadn't seen this before they probably were like, Oh God! Oh God! She's killed her. Uh, and then Shayna stalks out of the ring and tosses stuff everywhere. The announcers, weirdly, weirdly enough, the announcer said that Sarah Logan won the match. The commentary then said, uh, uh, "Actually, I think I think I think Shayna Baszler won it because Sarah Logan couldn't continue. So I think Shayna wins." So they did a little saving there. So Shayna is also going on to money in the bank. Nick, mm. um, finally, your girl Nia Jax whooped up Kyrie Saint. Just, just. Pretty much squashed kairi saying Kyrie got a little bit of offense she was very cocky coming into this and uh she got the annihilator in about four minutes five minutes um so right now we've, we know oscar Shayna, naya i suspect the other three will be coming from smackdown yep. what do you think of those three women uh on the raw side of things in money in the bank
1: there listen i wouldn't be mad at angry evil connor running around with a briefcase yelling japanese slinging a briefcase around I don't think Shayna needs it. I don't think Nia needs it. That's just I my think, opinion.
0: I mm, think, yeah, I could, but I could see any of these three getting it. To sure. be honest with you,
1: they're they're all kind of like could, they're on that same even keel. I would, if I had to pick one, Oscar Asuka, easily. Oscar's an easier I pick have, than either Shayna or Nia. I'll put it that way.
0: I have a really scary thought for you, and this this might this might uh, set you off, but I'm going to ask it anyway.
1: After watching her throw Kyrie Sane around haphazardly, by the head and neck last night in the hair,
0: what's wonderful is you have no idea where I'm going with this. All right. You're thinking I'm talking about Nia. Your your love, the love of your life, your woman, your favorite female wrestler, Nia Jax. <gasps> it is not who I'm talking about, Nick. Sorry. It's not. Who I'm I just talking. threw up a little bit. I'm
1: sorry.
0: <laughs> it's not who I'm talking about. Before Shayna went out for her match, she was asked backstage by Sarah Schreiber, "What do you think about Ronda's?" comments in the last week about the fans and about wrestling and shana just stared at her and went out to the ring remember last year nick where we had money in the bank mm-hmm. six guys in the ring beast in the bank beast in the bank yep. ran out wasn't even in the match jumped up on that ladder grabbed the briefcase what if ronda rousey does that this year
1: it'd still be better than naya
0: oh jesus I'm shocked after your comments on Ronda Rousey last week and the comments that you've made off-air to me. I'm shocked by that response. You want Ronda Rousey back holding that briefcase after what she said, after the things that she – after – after. wow.
1: I shoot from the hip here, guys. Over Nia Jax. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you 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 and have you have definitely softened on I, your I position. I take back nothing
1: that I said about my comments about what she said. And listen, going around that it's a whole work and all this kind of stuff – F- fine, that's a nice way for you to PR it and, and handle it. But uh, no, I listened to the Steve O interview. See,
0: <laughs>
1: that was not a work. right. And some
0: of the some of no, it what? Why would she do it on the Steve O show no. of all places? No. uh and it's and the stuff that she's come out with since then might have been a work because she's just trying to spin that into a work. But it's that is like Vince Russo, WCW, two thousand level of. Uh, of of writing, if that's how you're going to write her into being a heel when she comes back,
1: the only benefit that hey, I can I see just, out I of just, it I is just, is Rhonda, Shana, and somehow you get the other two, and we end up. We've talked about it on the show over the last year or two about the four horsewomen of MMA versus the four horsewomen of WWE, and I'm sure that's still on somebody's radar backstage that that could be a thing and. I'd be curious at the spectacle of it to see if it turned into a thing. If you had Ronda right. Rousey and Shayna Baszler team up with Duke and Shafir, th- that could be a formidable force. Uh, so Here's I, the problem,
0: you know? though, Nick. Here's the problem. After what she said, f the fans. Yeah. They're entitled. Um, you know, all of this is fake. Like real, this is disres- like, d- Wrestling is disrespectful to real fighters. Right. All of that stuff. Here's the thing the fans like i had a conversation with with some of the guys in the, in the discussion group this this week about you know her comments on the fans and one of the things i was saying was she's not the first fighter or wrestler to go after the fans and say f the fans it's one thing to say f the fans it's another thing to say that they you know that 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 they're entitled fans and that the thing that they love is invalid or that it's it's less than where she comes from it's putting herself on a pedestal like well i come from a place of reality you guys are all watching this crap and i'll just come in and make my money if i want and then leave right even brock lesnar and the things that he's done he hasn't come out and expressly done that because he came up in wrestling and would not dare to disrespect it in that way she's disrespected wrestling and the fans love of wrestling that's something, in my opinion, you really can't come back from. And it's not something you want sitting around a heel's neck. That's going to drive people away. Yeah. That's going to make people change the channel. That's going to make me want to, I mean, if I didn't, weren't doing the show, if I weren't doing the show and she came back on after, after all that stuff, I'd be like, I'm done. I'm done. No, 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 no. I'm not. She's not. She's not coming back into this after all of that and then saying, well, okay, it's all fake, but I'm going to go have a fake fight for this belt you right. know to prove that to prove that you know real fighting is real what get that get out of we,
1: we've given her way more time on this show than she de- frankly deserves and well we had to, you race, tri- through it. You, we had to race you, through it you triggered me by saying she was going to sneak out and win money in the bank so i i'm sorry i brought it up <laughs> in the middle of the the show here but yeah i uh yeah I, i'm okay with no more ronda rousey frankly
0: that's kind of what i'm saying is but but she's being brought up she's been brought up before WrestleMania by Becky. Yeah, the fact they, brought, Shayna... they
1: they had Sarah go out and call attention to it in front of Shayna, in front of all of us, I was just like, oh, shit, they're oh, actually calling dude. attention to this? You're fired. Yeah. What are you doing? Stop. Yep. No, don't do that. Yep. Uh, speaking of which, Yorkshire Rob with 50 bucks in the tip jar. Dude.
0: Shut up. Are you dude, serious?
1: Says doing hey, a great Rob. job at this difficult time. Honestly, thank you. Thank Love you, you Rob. Dude, Yorkshire Rob throwing it in. Not to be confused with dubstep Rob. Yorkshire Rob. Thank you very much, Yorkshire Rob. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about the next thing. I'm kind of done with
0: Rob. Well, you may not you may not have a choice, Nick. Uh, as I think that they they're not bringing her up for no reason. Um, so we'll see. Maybe she helps Shayna win. Doesn't come back full time. I, I, she shouldn't come back. If she comes back to help Shayna, fine. Just I don't want her on the TV every weekend storyline. That I think she's ruined that for herself.
1: Kyle, Kyle, Kyle says time to get the tequila in.
0: <laughs> you damn right it is
1: <laughs> if we're gonna sit hashtag. here and they're gonna hit the tip jar hard and we're gonna keep talking about ronda rousey i'm gonna <laughs> go get the, i'm to, gonna go open the liquor cabinet right, and start we're gonna start kidding. pouring hell, hellfires and see how yeah. long this can go that was uh.
0: a bad idea hashtag kayfabe killer as a uh, jb says in the chat yeah. too yeah she's gonna you know, exactly. hashtag career killer she's gonna
1: kayfabe uh, career kill herself or yeah. her career excuse me not herself she's gonna I know what you mean. Yeah.
0: All right, well, let's talk about someone else's careers who are being killed. Cedric, Alexander, and Ricochet Uh, are now a tag team. They fought the Viking Raiders this week in a losing effort. Viking Raiders couldn't even hit their finisher, right? Um, Is it too soon for Cedric and Ricochet to be losing tag matches, or is it okay because it's the Viking Raiders?
1: Isn't the point to put two people together into a tag team that they would be more formidable together? Successful friends. (laughs) You think what I'm thinking here? (laughs) What are you thinking, Nick? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, th- that was my thought. Like, is it the point to have them, and especially to put them up against someone like War Machine? For, War Machine! That's a real yeah, name. I got, I got you. Um, Is to show that together they could overcome those kinds of odds. Nope. No. I, I don't understand it. Like, what's the point? <laughs> what was the point at all of doing this? I liked seeing War Machine back on my TV. I love those guys. I love Ivar. I just, you know, and I love Ricochet and I love Cedric, but yeah,
0: all these guys
1: wh- wh- oh, exactly, what is going in on a,
0: in a competition, someone's got to lose the tag division right now isn't that deep, really
1: it's getting there
0: it's getting there, I mean, honestly, like if we, if we come back around to having Cedric and Ricochet against uh, Garza in theory, you have my attention, that's going to be some baller matches right there I'm not against the idea of Cedric and Ricochet teaming up, they didn't really have a whole lot else for either guy which is just, that's just, you know, they're them booking themselves into corners and, you know, not going for little guys. Call the
1: Avengers or something, you know? Give them a comic book. You want them to be superheroes? Give them a comic book team. Give them a team name. No,
0: no. The last thing you want is Vince running a comic book anything because he still thinks comic books are stuck in the 50s.
1: Oh. And that's a terrible
0: idea. You saw what happened with Neville. So, uh, I guess Esme couldn't stand
1: it, and they're intent on getting you shit faced again because Esme, with 40 bucks in the tip jar, says, Get get the tequila for Get Rhonda, hashtag support indie wrestlers.
0: I drank all my tequila, but (laughs) I'll tell you what.
1: (laughs) But I'll tell you what. um, uh, I don't have any energy drinker. I'd make some hellfires with you.
0: Yeah, um I'm just trying to think how to do this and still do the show because the kitchen's like way over there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um I'll tell you what. Let's get to let's get to a point where I can let you take over for a second, Nick, all and right. then I will I will run and, and make a hellfire and do it live on air. Okay. Um all right. So the raw tag picture, real quick, you've got off the top of my head, Street Profits Viking Raiders, Cedric and Ricochet. Good brothers are dead. You've got uh Theory and <laughs> they're dead.
1: AOP's in there somewhere.
0: AOP is injured for nine months.
1: Oh, that's right. Um
0: and you've got uh, you know Garza in theory. What else is there?
1: That's a lot. That's like nine teams. That's not that's not a good More than what they're doing Garza on SmackDown right now with the same three teams over and over again. That doesn't look good
0: for for for, for Cedric and Ricochet is what I say. I'm what I'm saying.
1: Agreed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I see your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That that power uh, the power rankings right there don't look good for our boys. No. Um, and that's with the Viking Raiders apparently going straight for the Street Profits because the Profits came out to to officially introduce Bianca Belair, they introduced her uh, and then started making jokes about Vikings and all the words that they gave to the English language and Bianca was like, you know, guys maybe you shouldn't joke about that because you haven't really been successful against them in the past and they all kind of went, oh, yeah, well mm."
1: Butters in chat reminded us they were called the best tag team in the world Butter Carl Anderson got set on fire by the Undertaker they're they're not wrestling anytime soon.
0: <laughs> they are they yeah no. Carl Anderson was on the roof when it blew up. Right. Luke Gallows got thrown off to his death. Like, come on. They're not the best
1: anything right
0: now. <laughs> no. They're they're the they're the best corpses in the graveyard uh, right yeah, now. Yeah
1: exactly. Oh man. Uh, but and
0: no, that's that's my point is that uh it's a thin tag division. You look like Viking Raiders and Street Profits are heading for the 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 the, the feud next. I don't know if that means that by just. Arbitrarily, the Viking Raiders are going to become heel in this. I don't know if because of Bianca Belair's with Street Profits, all of a sudden Sarah Logan's going to start hanging out with the Viking Raiders, which she should. That would be a good call, I think, for her. Um, We're seeing
1: Bianca Belair do it with Street Profits. So.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yep. So you have a three on three, right? And Sarah would be a good person to put Bianca over on the main roster. Yep. yep. So I'm not mad at that. I'm just worried about Cedric and Ricochet because. As a tag team, I don't care how positive Ricochet's being about it online on Twitter and saying like, no, it's a, it's a great tag team where it's like it's two guys who, you know, have gone through adversity and we're making each other better and like getting back. Eh, that's great. It's not the right world for you guys to be in the tag team division right now. Maybe it'll work out in six, eight months. Fingers crossed. We'll hope. We'll wait and see. Maybe it'll be better than both these guys being in singles, yeah. but a little worried about them. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'll tell you what, Nick. You talk about what Charlotte said, and I'm gonna go make a hellfire.
1: All right, Ugh, I got okay. it. you're good. Ian's gonna go get a drink. We're gonna talk about Charlotte Flair coming out and basically doing a queen promo. She's absolutely getting promoted as the queen right now. Comes out in some granny heels, I guess, because she's six foot seven and you can't wear that high of heels, even though she has before. Um, look, looking great. The queens always look stunning, but comes out, cuts a promo. She'll always be the queen. The queen, this. The queen, that. And calls out her next opponent, Io Shirai, who was the winner of the women's uh, number one contender ladder match on NXT last week. And yeah, uh, she says that she's, well, for lack of a better phrase, she basically buried the entire women's division on NXT. Says she's out to, quote, bring humility and lessons to NXT. And I took that as she gonna beat them all. She going to bury them all. Uh, Rhea Ripley, done. Bianca Belair, done. She's she's just going to run through the list of everybody and just with her Charlotte Flair golden shovel that I guess she has now uh, is going to bring humility and lessons to the women's division of NXT. Uh, Ian, I'm curious what you think about um, the, and the fact that she did call out of your Shirai there and kind of just went, eh, shoe fly, you bother yeah. me, to... to uh,
0: which is kind of her gimmick now, is yeah. shoe fly don't bother me. She's like she, she's basically saying, I'm going to teach humility to all these women in NXT. Uh, you all think that you're so great. I'm going to show you exactly where you are in the pecking order.
1: Yes, JB, I said granny Just heels. Good, they look like the same is, buckled shoes that the Wicked Witch of the West wore.
0: You should know by now, Nick, not to uh, call out Charlotte for anything while JB is in the chat, because you will. she will drag you for that.
1: Uh-uh. Uh,
0: but here's the thing. That's a good character for Charlotte. Yep. Final boss for NXT. I'm not now. mad at it. Okay. we're going. To, she's going to beat a lot of people. She's going to beat a lot of women who, frankly, are too early in their career to be beating the top person. That's fine. That's the way it works. However, they're going to get to work the top person way before they otherwise would be able to. I'm fine with that. Charlotte is out here cutting a heel promo, saying, I'm the best there is. Come beat me if you can. That's also great. I'm fine with that. Charlotte's going to face Io Shirai. She is going to underestimate her. EO is going to almost get her, and Charlotte will end up maybe not giving her respect at the end of this, but end up being like, knowing she fought a fight. Great. Awesome. I'm looking forward to some great matches from this. I'm looking forward to some great work. What was interesting to me was that she's doing this on Raw, Nick, not NXT. Right. I'm curious if we're going to see Charlotte on NXT this week. She's the NXT champ, and she's making, she's calling promos out to NXT on Raw.
1: I mean, that's interesting to me. help those 600,000 numbers that they're getting down on NXT. These days I don't
0: know because again, it's hard to look at it's hard to look at ratings right now and know what they mean. Raw did 1.9 million, which is it's super low for right. Raw, but
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Like honestly, the fact they're still getting 1.9 million I think is a good sign. I mean, anything to hard. call a or advertise right
1: your other show that you might be that's doing. That's more what I'm looking at. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: No, that's that's what I agree with is that she is Calling out the fact that NXT exists on Raw, she's cutting a commercial for your other other show on Raw. Right. So in that sense, it's a good thing. So but, I'm, Butter I'm, said I'm, Charlotte I think, wasn't
1: a draw before the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes, she is.
0: Yeah, she actually kind of is. Yes, she is. But uh, it's it's hard to look at anybody as being a draw these days. I mean, you can break down you know by quarterlies on the hour. And see who really the the draws are, but there's almost no one who's consistent. That's yeah. the weird thing. Um, the way that you know modern culture consumes entertainment, it's really hard to determine how and if someone's a draw. Um, and also the way that WWE fudges its merch sales, like it's just who knows, right. you know. Um, so, I, I think a lot of people just tune in to NXT because it's NXT. I don't know how many eyes Charlotte's going to bring to it, but what she might do is raise awareness. Sure. More, more people check it out on online, more people are aware of it, and that could definitely be helpful to NXT. Yeah. Uh, it could be people going back and watching old episodes of NXT that they haven't watched before because they're like, mm. Guilty. Yeah. So... I, I understand why WWE is using its strategy. And put it that way. And I think people need to be less concerned with Charlotte beating people and look more at the long-term of what they're trying to do. Um, just get used to the fact that Charlotte's their top woman. Get used to it. Becky is the title holder right now. She's their, their number one draw overall. But Charlotte is their long-term. She, she's their Roman Reigns for the women. Yeah, totally. And in a lot of ways, I personally think she's the more complete package than Roman Reigns.
1: Uh, I agree with that so, completely. Yeah. At least she can cut a promo. At least she's got a decent finishing move.
0: Reigns can cut a promo. Charlotte's definitely better on the mic than he is. Yeah. So, um, Nick, before we get into this next one, I'm going to go ahead and do this hellfire that I've made.
1: Oh, get I it! I
0: don't know how I don't know how visually um, uh, this is going to work because it's too bright, so you can't really see the fire.
1: I see it. Let's the go in there. flame's going can on. You see
0: the, can you see the little blue there?
1: Yeah,
0: I can. It's a little, a little bright. But. Oh, well. Cheers, everybody. And to hatch. everyone who, who threw us some tips. Guys, I seriously appreciate it so much. You guys keep the show running. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers to everyone out Cheers. there. If you have a glass, raise it to us now. And here we go. Huh.
1: Watch it go. And those ah, folks. Delicious. Ian's been doing those for years. Multiple times a week. I do three of those and I'm I'm on another planet. That to put it in per- well, put it in perspective.
0: To put it in perspective, there are 126 net proof. Vodka is 80. 80 proof. There are 46 proof more than vodka, which is about 20% more than vodka. Yep. 23%. Yep.
1: So uh, do that math. Speaking of proof, uh, Marshall Enlow with ten bucks in the tip jar. Uh, Thanks for all thank you guys sir. do. Thank you, Marshall. Thank,
0: thank you, you very you, much, man. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for always uh, being here Unfortunately, too,
0: I hate to I hate to do this to you, but Marshall, after your generous tip, unfortunately, we have to talk about Lana and Lana, Lana and Lashley. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> luckily, this was short, Nick. Yeah. Lashley comes out to have a match with No Way Jose. Trouble
1: in Paradise. Yes.
0: Lana gives him some <laughs> advice. He's annoyed with her. Almost loses as a result. Ends up giving him the spear, winning. Lana tries to hold up his hand. He takes it away. Trouble in Paradise. They're mad at each other. Um, all right, so. Lana Lashley on the route to a breakup. Not surprising. We I mean, knew this couldn't last forever. But why are they spending time on a breakup angle for these two when so many times in the past they've just dropped stuff that hasn't worked? Right. Why are they – Why? I mean, is this is – where,
1: where, Where's Rusev and where's Liv Morgan it, in this? Oh, no. She's was, already out having other matches. With, so right, why can't she you just dis- on, make this disappear?
0: And we have nothing for Rusev. Rusev already said I want nothing to do with Lana because that's the way you wrote the program. So it's, I don't know if I should be commending them for at least keeping consistency and trying to get out of this, uh, or if I'm annoyed that they're just still trying to run this stupid program that was a bomb from the beginning. Um, and I know there's a lot of people that, that defend it and say, oh, it did huge numbers on YouTube. I'm like, yeah, it also drove away a lot of people because it was terrible.
1: What's um, the thing we you- said about AEW with the Nightmare Collective? It was fail fast. Learn from Feel your fast. mistakes, things like that. That's what they said.
0: That wasn't even our words. Yeah. That was their they words. They just
1: steer. Well, that's one of my little things that I they like to drop say. Drop
0: that shit hard. Right.
1: Boom. Moved on. Done. Uh, yep. They just steer into it at WWE. They're like, Nah, screw those guys. We're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> it's all right. Right.
0: Well, and the question is, does this does this lead back to Rusev at some point? Because poor Rusev been sit on the sidelines. Uh,
1: I think he's. They done. apparently have
0: nothing for him. You th- think he's I th- done? I think he's done. He's expressed a few times he's pretty happy. Just, you know. Well, he's also out there tweeting with the
1: Revival that uh, I remember the times we wrestled at one time back way back, and I hope that we get to do it again one day. Yeah, and but Sasha going, and
0: Bailey were also saying, we're going to miss you guys. We love you. Like, a lot of people that are very obviously very happy in WWE were tweeting out, we love you guys. Alistair Black was like, you guys made me a better wrestler. Like, a lot of people who are obviously very happy in their position also did it. So, I don't rate that. But... Is there a guy who's ripe for running off to AEW? Yeah, Rusev absolutely. He's got nothing going on in WWE at the time. Stone Cold, there's nothing for him. He's got no gimmick. He's got no nothing.
1: He had nothing. one, and they just absolutely r- ruined it. Lana, yep. Lana too.
0: Didn't, didn't capitalize on they, it. They had something and, and
1: amazing I, with that whole the Bulgarian brute oh, and subject. the ravishing Russian. They absolutely yep. nailed it with that on his debut, and it just cratered after a couple of years. I don't know why. Well, it
0: cratered after 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 he was beaten by Cena a few times. Yep. and Cena flag Cena took that match. out. But then he, <laughs> uh, unlike a lot of people, don't don't even ever bring up that flag match to me, <laughs> ever again, Nick. I'm Don't sorry. Ever bring it up to me ever again. Uh, here's a good one to take a um, minute.
1: Rusev driving a tank into Ooh, WrestleMania. My, that was yeah. awesome.
0: All of a sudden, another Hellfire's looking good to bring up that damn flag match. Um, but but after that, but he had a second wind. Unlike a lot of people who are taken out by John Cena in that era, he had a second wind. Rusev Day happened. Yeah. Rusev Day happened. And that shit wouldn't die. And WWE tried to kill it time and time again. And they, yeah, they made some shirts, they made some merch and whatnot. But they didn't do a damn thing. Like they didn't help it on the show. No, they like they. It felt it felt like they were like, all right, you go, kind of do your thing. And it was like Fashion Files, where they're like, I don't get it, I don't like it, but we got to fill some time, so do it for a little bit. And as soon as we're sick of it, we'll pull the plug. And then they did pull the plug. Rusev Day just fizzled out. Still, kind of people still. Ah, Rusev Day. I miss Aiden ah. English. do Well, go watch NXT UK. I know. Uh, so, hopefully, it leads back to Rusev. We shall see. Let's get back to Zelina Vega and the Vega Familia, mm. the VWO. Let's talk about the fact that her boys had two other matches on the show before we got to the main event with Andrade versus Dariu. Uh, Austin Theory had a match against Akira Tozawa.
1: Wait, he still works here?
0: I, I'm shocked too. I heard he was on his way out a while ago, yeah. but he's still. Putting dudes over, and all he's a fantastic worker. He's he's also massively underrated. So, but yeah, he's still here. Had a nice little match with Austin Theory. Uh, you know, Austin ends up getting the win. Uh, with his finishing move, was look great. Austin gets a win, which is because I I think he's fa- he's he's gonna be in a Money in the Bank qualifier match next week. We'll talk about that in a second. So he had to get a win to look like a threat because I don't know if he's I've ever seen him win. I think he's won one match in NXT. That's all he's had. Yeah. Only one win. So he he needed a win. So I feel like they should have made him look better earlier, but...
1: We finally figured yeah. out the magic formula of how to make an Austin Theory last night in the Discord chat. And what is you take one-third Nick Aldis, one-third Randy okay. Orton, and one-third Finn Balor, and you get Austin Theory.
0: See, I would have done one-third Nick Aldis... Um, a little bit of Kip, a uh, little bit of Kip Sabian, and a John Cena.
1: There's too much Finn Balor that comes across to me, though. In his, Did you get Finn Balor. I on get a little that? Finn Balor vibe off of him. Yeah. Mm. yeah EJ right. asked a question. Well, a, sure. a complete sidetrack. What happened to the B team? Where are they at? Where's Bo who? Dallas? Who I miss those guys. B team, B team. Who, who, who? The, you mean the Miz Taraj? The thing. Also, the thing <laughs> that they killed. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, they killed I loved
0: it. Killed the B team. Killed the Miz Taraj.
1: Anyway, um, yeah. uh, not to sidetrack us off of Austin Theory because we've got one little s- bit of serious They're, business that um, the, that I need to I just
0: real quick. The I I, I don't want to get to that yet. I want to Okay, <laughs> I, I, I'm scared of it. I want to talk. I want to really quickly say that the B team, them not being on TV, is a tragedy because it gives Bo Dallas more time to go out there and research conspiracy theories, which is the last thing that man needs. Yeah, just gonna say that. All right, Nick. I'm sorry. You're right. We got to talk about something serious that happened in this match and.
1: I don't like doing these. I don't like doing this.
0: At one point, Akira Tozawa, Austin Theory's on the floor outside the ring. Tozawa goes for a dive. Theory moves over to the corner. Uh, Tozawa ends up on the apron, runs along the apron, and uh, does a cannonball or basically a running senton onto Theory on the outside. And about 20 seconds later, good old Jerry the King Lawler, pops up and says, it's like some sort of ramen noodle moonsault. And suffice it to say, wrestling Twitter was not kind to the king. Uh, because that kind of commentary used to be fine in the 80s and 90s, but these days, only time you can bring up ramen noodles is if you're talking about Dolph Ziggler or Kenny Mega's hair. Um, probably not best to do in the context of a Japanese wrestler, because you will co- be called out for being racist, which is what King was called out for. Um, obviously, we're going to have a little bit of flashback to the recent firing of Jim Cornette off of NWA yep. um, for saying that there, uh, one of the guys in the matches, uh, one of the guys having a match, was uh, Trevor Murdoch. such a badass yep. Trevor Murdoch was such a badass that he could drive across Ethiopia on a motorbike with a fried chicken strapped to his back. Um, basically, it was an Ethiopian famine joke, but everyone took it as being racist. Um, and he lost his job over it. So here's Jerry the King Lawler. He's, I, I've actually got a video I'm going to post in the Facebook this, this group later about the number of questionable calls he's had recently. Um, is this a fireable offense to you, Nick. Is this on the level of Cornette where King should be fired or be off the TV for this?
1: Off the TV, absolutely. Fired, not my decision. And I'm not going to mm. sit here and pretend that I have any say in that. Um, it would be if I were his boss. I'll put it I'll put it that way. Uh, that is, it's 2020. It's not 1998. We don't talk like that anymore. We don't say shit like that. And if you're going to be a public-facing personality, you have a responsibility to not say heinous shit like that. Or you get checked. You And you will lose your job. You will be the one that... Now, do I think Jerry the King Lawler is such a legend in WWE that it'll get blown over? And will we even see a press release? Probably not. Probably won't even... If he's, He'll probably be right back on TV next week. Uh, The best thing that could come of this is he gets taken off TV. One, you guys know if you've been listening long enough, I haven't been too kind to the King here in recent months over the last year or so because I don't really like his commentary anymore. He's not that good in it. He mostly just... (laughs) (laughs) It's worse than Booker T. You know, of him trying to say stuff or make any kind of irrelevant calls to what is actually going on. I don't want to hear about you having a match in the 80s with some guy in Louisville that he tried to allude to at some point as well. like In the most inappropriate time to do it when there's a match going on in the ring that you should be doing color commentary for. Well, at least make it relate to the match more. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's... Listen, we've got so much talented commentary guys and girls that could fill these shoes in a heartbeat. The fact that he's still on commentary is, is you know, it, we're suffering for it, frankly. I, I've, I, and, and, I, I yeah. want to remember the good old days of the mid to late 90s of Jim Ross and the King, Jerry the King Lawler and what we got out of them in the Attitude Era. And I that is what it is. It's a foregone, it's a bygone era. It, and it's, it's in all of our memory banks. And we, we kind of love them for it for that time period. It has no place where we're at today.
0: Yeah, and on un- unfortunately this is the sort of thing where you know a guy is so used to his patter. And if you go back and listen to to like the King's patter back in the 90s, you know, as someone who came up in that, like it just blew right over me. I didn't get it. I wa- go watch it now and the culture is a lot more sensitive now. The culture is a lot more respectful now. And so listening to it now, I go, "Oh god." It's much worse with, with women, actually, the stuff he says about women back in the day, and just the overall tone. Um, you know. And, and considering King's history with women, um, I, I would think that, that would be something that would be more looked at. But the other issue here is that if you really look into who Jerry the King Lawler is in his history, like there is definitely some questionable shit there. Um, Cornette, you look into him, he's just, he's a hateful old man, but i genuinely also feel like when he's presented with a situation, you know, he, he's, he's, he also is very open-minded to a lot of stuff. I'm not defending Cornette and what he said on NWA, NWA at all. That was dumb as hell and he should have known better. And of course he's not going to back off on it now because it's Jim Cornette and he's never backed off from a fight in his life. Um,
1: he said the Firefly Lawler- Funhouse was going to be the end of wrestling.
0: Well, again, he's not always right. No. <laughs> he's again, Cornette is right about a certain like, you know, there's like a Venn diagram about things that Cornette is right about. Yeah.
1: Late 80s as wrestling, as, he's he's um, he's he's got it not. Yes.
0: Yeah. I here's the thing. <laughs> it's not my place to judge whether what Lawler said was offensive or not, because I'm not part of the group that would have been offended
1: by that. That's totally fair. Does that
0: make sense? It's not up to me. It's something that I hear and go, ooh that could be potentially offensive to people that would be offended by that, uh, who it's about. And in that context, I sit and wait for them to voice their displeasure and say, hey, you know, we're not comfortable with this guy being on TV. And if that's the case, that's the case. Um, King's character is already a matter of record. Yep. And if he's already being allowed to commentate with that in his history, we won't even get into the stuff with the little girls and, you know, and and... Other racist stuff, Terry Reynolds, like, all that
1: stuff. Just good lord. Not,
0: uh, uh, yeah, telling his telling his ex girlfriend to kill herself and putting a gun on the counter. Like we'll we'll leave that somewhere else. Um, we'll we'll leave his comments in the 1993 interview alone.
1: Right.
0: I'll just I'll leave it at that. Uh, suffice it to say, y- if you didn't know what King was before this, you should probably know before this is the thing that triggers you to not like him. Yeah. You know what I mean? If WWE is already going to have him on commentary, like with Cornette, at some point you're going to expect something offensive to come out of his mouth. It's going to happen.
1: Here's a homework assignment. Go on the WWE Network. Most of you have it. It's 10 bucks a month. If you don't, it's not a big deal. Pick a random Monday Night Raw from 1998. Maybe 99. Because that's when they were really, like, steering into the Attitude Era stuff. Pick a random one. Sit through it for three hours and listen to the calls. Especially anytime any of the divas come out, yeah. yeah. And uh, imagine that being said on TV today, and you'll absolutely lose your mind.
0: Oh, some of the, like I said, it's mostly the stuff about women that I hear him say back then, and I'm just like, oh my
1: god, how did he?
0: woo wee! Um, here's the thing, there and I, I, I this brought it up in the chat, and that reminded me, there was a NASCAR driver, uh, something, something, probably Larson. that
1: damn Kyle Busch.
0: No, Kyle Larson though. Kyle Larson, oh, okay. who said the N-word on a live broadcast, and boom, gone. Uh, um, remember what happened with Hogan? And they brought Hogan back. I don't see them taking Lawler off for this.
1: You know what I mean? He doesn't need to be on the commentary desk anymore. Find something else for him to do. That,
0: But him not being on the commentary desk, for me, is more about the quality of his commentary.
1: Yeah, it's totally. not.
0: He's not what he once was. He doesn't bring to the desk what he used to bring um, and what he it, and even what he brought back then was a kind of lawlessness that you couldn't do now. It
1: kind of it was like representative the, of the attitude era, though. It, it, it yes, fit,
0: it right. It, it was it was the audience's id speaking aloud when he spoke, and that's not what the program is about anymore. That's not what the commentary team is supposed to be anymore. All right. So yeah, I don't think you need him on commentary. Whether or not this is the thing that causes that, wait and see. I can I don't see it because I don't see it happening because I don't personally think this is going to become a big enough deal to do that. I may be wrong because that cornet stuff blew up a lot more than I thought it was going to. Yeah. Um,
1: and I, I wouldn't so have expected this that, to be trending on Twitter last night either.
0: Also, and I hate I hate to say this. This is this is going out on a bit of a limb here. But in my experience, people tend to be less offended. People tend to be less offended in general, in the Twitter verse and in like the, the social culture verse, about racism towards Asian than Asians than they do about racism towards African Americans. So I'm wondering if that's going to play a factor as well. Either way, I expect to see King on next week, and we probably will for the foreseeable
1: future. Listen, either, either way, it can all get blamed on that bitch, Carol Baskin.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Thank you. Chad. When in doubt, yeah. when in doubt, F. Carol Basket. Right. So the other half. Let's get back to something fun. The other half of Zelina Vega's duo of destruction, uh, who also had a match this this uh, this week to set up the Drew McIntyre match. Is chat going off? You're cracking up over yes, there. Yes,
1: I'm dying. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, they're all calling out Carol. Are Baskin. we checking on? Yeah. Has anyone checked on Howard yet? He, yeah. <laughs> Is anyone checking on Howard? <laughs> Is Howard still alive? That's that son of a bitch the- filed a ninety-four million dollar countersuit from jail. This this is going to go on for a while, guys. not this isn't the Tiger King podcast. That, why are we becoming the Tiger King podcast? I, mean, I don't know, but to, I am so fascinated.
0: It is it is it's a half step away from professional wrestling. It Undertaker is. did go to what what's the what's the cult the fat cult guy who's like he's like the Indian guru. Doc the, uh, Doc Atkins Doc Antle, Antle. Antle. Doc Antle. Yes. Myrtle the Beach, Jerry, Law, that's where the Jerry Lawler of tigers. <laughs> yeah, that that guy, he's uh he Undertaker went to his tiger farm and uh uh, uh, uh was it Uh, tim storm did a wrestling match with tiger king so it's it's a half step removed so we can talk about oh let's get back to this dude come on it's time to talk about our boy We're two
1: weeks away from somebody walking down the ramp with a damn tiger cub
0: (laughs) the only reason we're not seeing a tiger king gimmick right now is because one he's in jail and two we're all in jail and there's no audience but if this is still trending they're gonna have another episode of Tiger King come out, by the way, like a post Tiger King, because yeah. it's just so huge. If that comes out, like when the audiences come back to WWE, prepare, prepare. When dude gets out of jail, prepare yourselves. There's gonna be tigers on WWE TV. I'm just saying. Uh, all right, <laughs> small tangent. Angel Garza, our boy in yes. jail, Garza. Yes. That's right. He came out this week with a rose in his teeth because when it comes to Vince McMahon, you can never be too on the nose. Yep. You can never be too on the nose. He's the Lothario of WWE. So, of course, he's got to have a goddamn rose in his tooth. Like it, comes out, gives it to a gorgeous camera woman at ringside, and then stares directly into the camera and it's like, that's right, to her father out there. I just gave your daughter a rose. Imagine the horrible things I'll be doing to her later tonight. That's, That's right. not
1: what he said.
0: I'm going to defile her, destroy her. It's going to be amazing. She's going to be saying daddy, but it won't be about you.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Because I'm Angel Gaza, owner of the Gaza Dong. You all know the greatest jewel in the crown of WWE. Actually it was the, the, the camerawoman was his fiance, yes. so it's Actually, probably true.
1: And we actually do have uh, <laughs> some native Spanish speakers in uh, in the Discord chat, and Roberto Rosado did translate it for us, uh, and I'm trying to find what it was, but it was, to paraphrase, it was, to all the lovely ladies out there, I see you and enjoy the show, or something along those lines. Yes. He was talking to all the ladies. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't near was. as egregious as the woman that he uh, assaulted with his mouth. There it rings out who also happens to be his it's fiance. His fiance. I, yes. It's his fiance. She probably got fiance. camera operator day rate and just for being there holding the DSLR, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> hey man, keep yeah, it
1: in hey, the family. you know what I mean? So
0: now it's actually one of the cutest things about Garza's whole thing is he's like, you know, he's playing the Lothario, and he's giving like the you know, the, these these drippy looks to the camera, just like, hello.
1: <laughs> you
0: know, like this like the Latino Pepe Le Pew. But yet he's like this mo- the most wholesome guy. Like his, he, yeah. he proposed to his fiance in the ring at NXT. His fiance is the woman he's macking on at ringside. Like, it's so, it's I love so it. wholesome. It's amazing. I love it. And it's one of the things that makes like makes it so fun for me to look at this and be like, "That's right, it's Angel Garza." Behold, let me rip off my pants, and everyone at home gaze in wonder. I'm sorry if I blow out your screen, but it has to happen. <laughs> there go the pants. Uh, all right. So he had a match with Tahuti Miles. <laughs> Uh who he of to course beat. It looked, looked, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh we've seen him in XT once or twice. Yeah. But he's yeah, actually quite good. But he uh beat him pretty much, pretty much it looked great. Beat him straight up. Um here we are at the end of this match, the three dudes in the ring, and I know we've been calling it the Vega Familia, the VWO, but they did the pose. Is this Los Ingobernables de WWE?
1: I hope. Are we seeing the Les Sombra return?
0: They, they did the pose. They did the. They did the, the fist pump.
1: Yep. Uh, if, if this is the beginning if, yeah.
0: of Los Ingobernables del WWE, I'm I am in on that. Tranquilo. That's. This is a. I, I've been waiting for this the entire show. This faction, out of nowhere. This Angel Garza called up because Andrade went out. Austin Theory called up. Because because Andrade went out. And now you've got Garza and Theory who got on Vince's eye holes and he went, Damn, Trips, you've been hiding this from me in NXT? Look at these dudes. They print money. you got these three guys together in the ring. They can all wrestle like gangbusters. They're all charismatic as hell. They're good looking. They've got the look. They've got the moves. they got everything. The only thing they don't have is a promo when it comes to Andrade as he proved a couple times on this show. But Zelina's there. Garza can promo. Austin can promo. This is a hell of a group if they decide to capitalize on this.
1: Yes. No shit. And you get the Tranquilo on t-shirts, unless that's trade. Uh, you can't trademark an actual word like that, can you? Maybe Tranquilo? For, maybe for lo- slogans or something like that. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I mean, it, uh, but even then, it I, wouldn't be in the U.S. So...
0: Not not an expert on trademark law, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that they can, if, if it's in relation to imagery or in relation to characters, then yes, they can. But um, they haven't yet. And he's been doing the tranquilo and the ropes for a while. You know, WWE wants to, I mean, Ring of Honor is smart to keep Rush locked down. Put the, put the belt on him, make him your champ, make him feel really happy being there. Because all WWE has to do is drop uh, some serious dime on Rush Mm. and get him in here and complete the cycle. Because if you had Rush in this, and it truly became Los Ingobernables de WWE, and those four dudes would be, in my opinion, they had the potential to be one of the greatest factions of all time. That sounds hyperbolic, but think about this. Andrade, uh, uh, come on, La Sombra. I'm Austin I'm, I'm Theory, one of the highest potentials of anyone we've seen come up in a long time. Angel Garza, it's in his blood. The dude just third generation drips charisma,
1: Mexican superstar. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then Rush, one of the greatest Mexican wrestlers working today.
1: What's my favorite phrase, y'all? If it's not the greatest wrestler, put it in my it. holes. Yep. Please, give me La Sombra, Give me Los Ingobernables. Give me Tranquilo. Yeah. All of yep. it. I, I, am, I am so in on this faction. I agree 100% with you.
0: I, I am such a fan of what Rush is doing right now because he's making it so WWE's going to pay him so much money to get him.
1: <laughs> I wonder if he's on the phone with uh, Andrade being like, hey, man. He is. Actually, yeah. the reason he didn't come to
0: WWE a couple years ago is because Andrade was in the middle of his first gimmick failing, and he told uh, Rush that it was actually miserable in WWE not to come, and so Rush turned down the offer. Oh my. So now it's come back around. Will
1: J- I'm going to blow your mind for a second? Maybe you hadn't thought about this one, or maybe you have. Will James in the chat just threw dropped the diamond there? Who was just in that New Japan picture without a title?
0: Sonata, yeah. And I've i mentioned Sonata coming to WWE. He's and, mentioned and that he's, he was down He's been that circling
1: for WWE for a few years now. Yeah, huh?
0: For those of you, for those of you who aren't aware that Los Ingobernables de Japón is a direct relationship with Los Ingobernables de México which all these guys are a part of, and Naito, uh, Sonata coming over. But again, Rush is a bigger piece because he's one of the founders.
1: Sure, but it can keep growing.
0: Uh, either way, either way, that was the most exciting thing for me was these dudes all being in the ring, throwing up the Los Ingobernables. I was just like, yes, give me that. Lose the Rose, keep the Los Gobernables, keep making out with your, your fiancé at ringside. Garza is money, Andrade is money, Austin is money, Zelina is money. This is all money. Mwah! You know who else is money, Nick? Alistair Black. Alistair Black. Yeah. Alistair Black is money, and he had another long match. They gave him a long match last week with Apollo Cruz. This week was was with Oni Lorkin, the Star Destroyer himself, um, which is a perfect fit, by the way. A guy who's just out—he's a brawler. He's gonna go out there and just hit dudes hard, and Alistair got hit. Oh, <laughs> he got—he got hit, but he just happened to hit harder.
1: You know what I? What I? I had this epiphany about my personal preference during this match. And it's something that I've been hung up on for many years now. And why don't I like brawlers as much as other wrestlers like high flyers or people that typically do more uh, catch wrestling, chain wrestling, things like that. And it's because you don't typically see two brawlers or two heavy strikers going at each other that often. This made me realize like, oh... If you put striker versus striker or brawler versus brawler, it's really good. But trying to mix the styles like that gets a little bit complicated and I think throws both of the guys off in a certain way, unless they're just really good. Like a Daniel Bryan, I would consider it really good. He can do some some chain wrestling, but he can also be a, a pretty formidable striker. You look at these two guys, those are two stiff-hitting dudes. Like yeah. They will absolutely beat the hell out of each other, and I loved every second of this match.
0: Well, and after saying last week that Alistair Black was the greatest striker in WWE, which made me raise my eyebrows because that was always Undertaker until recently,
1: yeah.
0: they put him in here with a striker. Awesome. Let's highlight this was that smart anymore. as hell. Brilliant. Let's highlight it even more. This was good booking. Yep. Let's make, how do we make Alistair Black look good? Let's put him in a match with a flyer, Apollo yeah. Crews. He beats him. Let's put him in a match with a striker, Only Lorcan. He beats him. Great. What's next? Money in the bank. Mm. Because Nick, it was announced money in the bank qualifiers next week. We are ha- MVP had a little segment where he announced all the uh, all the matches. He said it was going to be him. Uh, MVP's going to step back in the ring against Apollo Cruz. Interesting. I can't see MVP winning that one, no, but I'd love to see Apollo get a little bit more shine if he's going to be the money in the bank match., mwah! Good call. Let that man work. Yep. Uh, Ray Mysterio versus Buddy Murphy. Sorry, just Murphy. <clears throat> um, that's interesting because that I could see going either way. Either you have Ray in the ladder match and you have a veteran in there to kind of help the dudes with the match or you get Murphy in there and this match becomes absolutely insane.
1: I'm putting Murphy in. You,
0: I would too, given that the third is Aleister Black versus Austin Theory. I'm putting Aleister in. He's not losing to, not losing right. to Austin Theory. Sure, of course. Austin Theory won this week. So that Alistair could win next week. And Alistair could. So let's say Alistair, Murphy, Apollo, right there. You don't need to add anybody else. That's a hell of a ladder match. Yep. You put it in your eye holes. Yep. Yeah, I got you. So yeah, they're building up Alistair. Now, does this mean Alistair gets the briefcase? Who else do you see getting the briefcase? This is, we, got,
1: we got. Who are the other three dudes? Actually, half. They're on SmackDown, right? I guess we'll I guess find we'll out find on Friday. Out. We'll, we'll talk about that Saturday after we have a SmackDown. But I mean, are we going to have some NXT guys potentially coming over for this opportunity? That's that's a wild card that I don't think we've talked about enough yet. We've seen all this crossover happen since Survivor Series, and frankly, since the Saudi show last year happening between NXT and them going live. Now that puts them up as a, a legit third brand, in my opinion. I don't treat it as like that other minor league show like we used to. I, do we see some NXT? Do we see eight-man tag matches? Are we going to get some a couple of NXT entrants into this? We just had the fallout from Champa and Gargano. Is that going to be their last match? I don't think so, but we could have one of them show up. I, I You know, I, I really think it would be a missed opportunity if they didn't bring at least one or two NXT guys up as well, and ladies for that matter. So Missed
0: opportunity, but I also wonder if they're going to want to do a big cluster match, like really make it big. A six-person is bad enough, but can you imagine if it was like a nine person in these times or like seeing that many people in the ring together, it'd be kind of like, Oh, um, I would love Nick to your point. I would love to see NXT get involved in this. Yeah. I just don't know if they're going to do it. Yeah. I, I, I think that time has passed They're They're now just concentrating on the main roster and just, you know, just doing things, keeping things basic, right. <laughs> trying to get through it. Yeah. So, uh, but speaking of getting through it, that was raw, Nick, yeah. and a pretty solid raw, all things considered. Yeah. I think. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. they're going with things. Yeah. And they're going some interesting places, some good setup. Um, given the limitations they're working with, I thought it was—I thought it was a good show.
1: Yeah, I mean, all throughout the card, I'm just looking back over it quickly. I don't see anything that I really disliked. Um, I, of course, the Lawler stuff, which is a whole other conversation, um, and I don't give him a pass at all for that kind of stuff. Frankly, I'll be disappointed if I see him on TV next week. Um, you're going to be disappointed. I, I expect to be disappointed. Yeah, you're going to um, be disappointed. But yeah, all around, this Raw rated really highly for me. Um, and, and that even excludes like all of the stuff that I said, I think on the Saturday show previously, about how it's starting to wear thin on me, and I'm kind of over the novelty of the no fans thing. This episode really delivered. We got a lot of really good stuff, a lot of new up-and-comer stuff, Drew cementing himself as champion, just all kinds of good stuff across the board. So... High marks, WWE. You guys are, you know, you're for all things considered. You're pulling it off for sure. Yeah,
0: way to make way to way to make the case for yourself being essential.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> William, let's head over and do what uh, Sean Clark, our lovely patron, has dubbed the moment of positivity. Mop, 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 Mom Nick misses baseball. <laughs> Charge.
0: Gotta be positive. Yeah. You got to be positive, Nick. Sorry, you're dangerous. The whole idea about this is we have to have, we have, to have it, it, even if we're talking in the middle of all of this darkness and all this weirdness that's going on in life, in the middle of, even if it was a bad week in wrestling, which it wasn't, but even if it were, we have to have a moment we look at it and go, you know what, but at least there is a brightness in all this darkness. And that's what this segment is for, Nick a moment of positivity, not a moment to miss baseball, but a moment to reflect and say what was something that you particularly liked this week, made you smile, made you happy. What made you positive this week, oh, Nick?
1: Does it have to be about Monday Night Raw?
0: No, anything in wrestling. Anything in wrestling oh. since, since last show, since uh, the last time since we did Saturday. a moment of positivity.
1: Um, yeah. How lucky are we as long-term wrestling fans? How fortunate are we to have been able to sit and watch Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Nature Boy Ric Flair for nearly two hours? Just ha- just rap about wrestling and history and coming up in the business and the inside baseball of some of the things that have happened. Yeah, we've seen it with Undertaker; it was fantastic. We've seen it with Goldberg; it was okay. Big Show, eh, forget mostly forgettable. Ric Flair. See Rick, see Rick Flair, see Stone Cold Steve Austin asking Rick Flair about 80s NWA. Just, oh, got me in all the feels. And then, of course, Rick found a way to cry, and he almost cracked Stone Cold Steve Austin. That, listen, that, if you have not watched that Broken Skull session, it is two hours of Rick Flair and Stone Cold Steve Austin talking about the 80s and 90s. And there are some things in there that you will not expect. It's, It's absolutely phenomenal. And it was easily my moment of positivity this week.
0: Yeah. I, d- I knew as soon as they were like, "That's us going to be Flair on Steve Austin's show. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's no <laughs> way that's not amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The nipples. <laughs> uh, How about you, sir? You dangerous. What was your moment of positivity this week? You know, it's... I had one. And then I realized it wasn't really a moment of positivity and, and more just a moment of, like, smiling confusion. Um, but I do, I have a moment of positivity. But before I get to it, I have to say that I don't know if anyone else was on wrestling Twitter last night. But shit got wild on there.
1: Uh, <laughs> I was a little watching, bit, but I got tired of looking at Jerry the King Lawler trending.
0: But it wasn't just him. Or Apparently everyone noodles. just started... Yeah. Everyone started to start posting like, like PG thirteen sexy pics on there. It was the weirdest thing. Like, I, yeah, wrestlers, wrestling fans, all started deci- like deciding to tweet out like slightly erotic pictures of themselves. Uh, I think, and I think it was spawned by uh, Will Ospreay doing the Shawn Michaels playgirl pose yes. in his own bed and posting that, and all of a sudden everyone just got all in a, all in a flutter. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like the scene at the end of that Murphy that movie uh, perfume. If you've ever seen perfume, oh, where they release the the smell and everyone just kind of goes, huh? uh Osprey set everybody off. Next thing you know, everyone's getting all sexy on wrestling Twitter. But that was not it, even though it was really weird and funny to watch. Uh, it was actually the Los Ingobernables moment
1: mm.
0: on Raw. Yeah. Because that got me all that got me all aflutter the way a lot of people are getting all a flutter on wrestling Twitter last night. I got a flutter with the thoughts of like, <gasps> uh-huh.
1: I'm looking oh at God. posts of people on Facebook, posting like their high school senior pictures. And you're, you're looking at pics of dude wrestlers naked on Twitter
0: to be clear.
1: What's
0: the- <laughs> I, no one. Well, there was some people who got naked, but they, none of them were good. Um, but to be clear, it was just scrolling up my feed and be like, what the hell is going on? What is going on? Uh, and and I trust me, I go to Facebook, it's all senior high school pictures too. Yeah. Uh, but no, the idea of Los Ingobernables in some form yeah, oh, in the no. WWE. The
1: potential of that, even.
0: Yeah. And I, I've got to think about it as potential. Because do I think they'll actually do it or pull it off? No. But that was a moment like when they all fist bumped. I just, you know, as a as a big fan of New Japan, that gave me the little like, huh! <gasps> <laughs> they like
1: me. They really
0: like me. wasn't well, even that. It yeah. was just like, do it, yeah. But it, it was as you say,
1: Nick. Put it in my eye holes Yes. Well, very good. Thank you for that, Sir Ian Dangerous. But we're not done just yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep 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 beep
0: beep beep. beep. That's right. In the news this week, we've got the uh, cruiserweight championship tournament coming up. As you know, the Cruiserweight Championship has been vacated because of travel problems, but we're going to have a tournament for who's going to be the new Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, we Block A was announced. It's going to be Kushida, Tony Nese, Drake Maverick, and Jake Atlas coming out of nowhere to get a shot at this. Our boy from WG, Jake Atlas, come on, my boy. In there with Kushida. I got to admit, Dark Horse, hope Jake Atlas pulls this off, but Kushida needs to be the damn champ. Yeah, Restart does. that man's career in WWE. Give him something. He moved to Florida for you guys. Yeah. He's there. He can work. Give it to Kushida. I don't know who Block B is, but give it to Kushida anyway.
1: Right. Doesn't matter. Kushida.
0: <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, in video game news, did you play 2K20? Did you think it was crap? It got 2 out of 10 on on Game Informer on uh, Metacritic. It's not good.
1: They've fixed uh, most of it. Be well, fair. it ain't
0: there. Ain't gonna be a two K twenty one.
1: Probably for the it bit. was
0: so bad they canceled two K twenty one. Justin Leeper, who was one of the writers of the Road to WrestleMania mode for the last few years, says it ain't happening. It's going to be a whole new game. It's not even going to be made by Visual Concepts, who made the last few two Ks. Uh, it's going to be a whole new thing. It's going to a new studio. It's going to be an entirely different concept, entirely different uh, way of doing a wrestling game for next year. So two K twenty one has been canceled because two K twenty. Bombed mm. so hard. Uh, being the Elite 200, it's time. We finally made it to 200. It will be featuring a match between Nick and Matt Jackson. Mm. As a, and of course, in storyline, that actually works out well because Nick has been training to get back ever since getting crushed in the door by the inner circle. So, works in storyline. Should be a great match. Expect a eh, super kick or two. Yeah. Speaking of AEW, uh, if you haven't watched Dark yet today, go watch it. Don't listen to this because I'm going to spoil you. Sean Spears had a match with Billy Gunn, and he got his win back. He lost to Cody last week. We were complaining that he's losing too much. But luckily, he did have a win over Billy Gunn this week, so at least they have some faith and they gave him some sort of win. He needed that badly, and it's actually a pretty damn good match. Billy Gunn still in ridiculous shape. Still can totally work. Uh, Speaking of being in ridiculous shape, DDP reached out to Jake the Snake. Jake was uh, making some very concerning tweets saying he was in a hotel room. The walls were closing in, still sober, that kind of thing. Uh, Put on 20 pounds of quarantine weight. But he was uh, starting to freak out a little bit. uh, When uh, he was living with DDP, one of the rules was if he left DDP's recovery crib, he couldn't come back.
1: Mm.
0: And he could only leave if he was sure he was ready. Um, and so he went down to Florida and started working on AEW, started doing the tapings. And then I, th- I might have been in Georgia to do the tapings. I don't know where he was staying in a hotel, but um, they, what, uh, I, would, I would imagine he went back to Georgia to do the tapings because DDP said, I'm going to make an exception for you. DDP just had a child, so he didn't want Jake coming in. Uh, that's another reason he didn't want him back was because of everything that's going on. So they, had, they brought Jake back in, put him in his room, quarantined him for six days, and if you go online, you can find a really amazing video of DDP wearing his new daughter on his chest and bringing Jake breakfast on Easter Sunday. Wow. It is incredibly heartwarming. Jake back in uh, the warm arms of DDP. Back on, he, never, he, didn't, he didn't fall off the wagon, to his credit, uh, but went back where it was safe. So props to DDP, props to Jake. Uh, but that's a cute video. What a, what a
1: great out. dude, man. <laughs> Seriously. Who does that kind of stuff? Yeah,
0: wow. yeah, and and everyone in chat, yes, DDP has a daughter. Uh, she is. I, I thought it was a cute doll at first. It's just she's so adorable. It's ridiculous. I don't even like kids, and I was like, damn, it's a good looking kid. Yeah. Uh, NWA has more content coming. Uh, instead of actually making new shows, they're going to uh, today. It was announced they're going to be showing a replay of the 2019 Crockett Cup Cup Build tonight. Uh, well, actually, they already showed it. It was at 3:05. Pacific 6:05 Eastern time so it's already happened but it's still up you can go watch it and then next week at 7 Eastern 4 Pacific oh sorry on Sunday 7 7 Eastern 4 Pacific the they're going to be doing a replay of the Crockett Cup pay-per-view mm. so if you didn't get a chance to see it it will be free on NWA YouTube and uh, next Tuesday will be a new special showing Camille's first match and her her speaking actually on NWA for the first time. Wow. So NWA still getting some content out there. Uh, if you haven't seen it, the Crockett cup was actually a fantastic show. That's again, Sunday at seven Eastern.
1: They had that cryptic uh, tweet last night that just said, uploading dot, dot, dot. And I, and I <laughs> went, yes, please show me more. Yes. Give me yep. all the NWA, please. I'm so glad they're just still doing stuff.
0: Same. I'm glad they're keeping their head above water. And finally, happy 45th birthday. To Lita, it is Lita's Aww. birthday today, so happy birthday to her! And that's the that's the uh, news, Nick.
1: Thank you very much, Sirian Dangerous, and thank all of you for hanging with us, especially those of you in chat right here on YouTube, where you can. Find us every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you're subscribed and make sure you get your notifications set to all so you get notified anytime we do go live or put up new content. Uh, Make sure you're following us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. And, hey, come join us in the Facebook discussion group by searching for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and send us a join request to get in with the rest of the phenomenal ones. And find us in Discord for live chats all throughout the week. You can find links to all of that. Uh, down in the description below here on YouTube or pinned across all of our social media profiles. And Last but certainly not least, thank you to all of our patrons for constantly supporting us throughout this whole thing. Shout out to everybody today. Abraham, Yorkshire Rob, Esme, Marshall, and of course, uh, Josh, for all of your tips into the tip jar today. And thank you to all of the patrons every single month that continue to support us. Prepare your backsides. For Nick Booking 2.0, no. the time has arrived. Oh God! This Thursday. So for all of you $10 patrons out there, get ready. For all of you that aren't $10 patrons, it's a now a good time to sign up or bump your patronage up from the $5 to the $10 <laughs> tier because it's going oh. down this Thursday. Oh. We will I'm I'll, not ready. I'll be sure to announce what time we're going to be doing that, both in the Discord and. Uh, over in Facebook, we needed to get the Funhouse episode out because of the timeliness of it, but now it's time. Now it's time to break Ian. It's time. It's been it's no. long overdue. It's time no. to break Ian. We're finally gonna I, do it, guys. He's gonna crack down. He, he he's absolutely gonna lose his mind might. at this one. I might.
0: If you, if you think that I'm I'm even keel on the show, you didn't hear the first <laughs> Nick Booking episode.
1: <laughs> but you can if you head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for that $10 tier. You get instant access to all of our past catalog, I think over a year now, of uh, bonus episodes since we've been doing those. So don't miss yeah. out. There's a lot of good stuff in there. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at datacenterdude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous.
1: Oh, my God! Somebody stop the jail match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. orbitaljigsaw.com.